Okay, we are uh, we're back here, um, Landmine Radio, joined by now Lieutenant Governor Kevin Meyer. Yes, sir. Yeah, thanks Lieutenant, for having me back, Jeff. Lieutenant Governor, how you doing? This is our second. We did one of these when you were running for Lieutenant Governor over the summer. Yeah, we did. We did, and uh, it went so well that you know I'm I'm happy you called me back. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I I um you were at one of the first. Po- I think you were like the second or third podcast. I yeah, ever I think did. I think I was one of the earlier ones. Yes, I was yes. back in the old studio. Uh, yes. Own. Yeah. Different studio. Yes. And, um, and then we did some things together on, on some elections this summer. Um, we were, yeah, we did, uh, we, we profiled the, uh, the house, the house race there, uh, Laddie Shaw house, um, that primary that Laddie Shaw was in where you were the Senator. Yeah, that's, that's right. Um, yes, that, that's the one you shot in th- at the zoo. Yeah, that yeah. was yeah, when, when Joe, Joe Riggs kept blowing me off. You know, he like kept telling me, give me ultimatums. Where's Joe? Where's Joe? Joe, Joe. Oh, so he asked the, uh, he asked the uh, camel and the yeah, muskox every, everything, and everything. Yeah. And then we did the funny muskox video where we said, we have seen, we found representatives of Ladue, Seton, and Stutes here in the zoo. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, but but we, uh, we, we sort of worked together on, on Josh Revac. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah you, you did the video. You and Chris Birch did the video. Yep. Uh, which did, did really well, actually. That yep. was a good because yeah. you guys have both very well known in that district. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess we can talk about that now that it's it's over. It's all over now. Yeah, it's so all it's, over. It's good. And, and uh, he won, so that's good. And Laddie won, so that's good. And so. you and you won uh, with Mike Dunlavey. So you you uh, have kept your consistent record of never losing an election so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's incredible. I mean, from the assembly back in ninety what ninety ninety three. Yeah. Every time, Assembly, House, Senate, Lieutenant Governor, you've never lost. Yeah, that uh, was just been really lucky. Um, you know, you, it's hard work, as you know, and and uh, and uh, you know, once you're elected, and and people kind of know you, and and uh, you build a relationship with folks, and you and they they know they know they can trust you. That makes it a lot easier going going forward. But I tell you, this the the primary was very difficult, um, the Republican primary this year, because you, you we had. Four or five of us that were all really good, um, you know, Sharon, oh, for, Sharon Jackson, for of lieutenant course, governor, yeah, yeah it was a for lieutenant governor, jammed up primary in the Republican primary, and unfortunately, not many people vote, so you don't know who's going to come out and vote, and um, and so that was that was relatively close. I, I think um, you know Edie Grunwald was was uh, uh, was was pretty close. I think might have won by eight or nine percent. I think I think you know Lynn Gaddis being in the race probably someone someone's helped you because it split the valley up a little bit. Um, yeah, you know, that's what people say. But then on the other hand, um, Gary Stevens was in the race and he, he got 10% of the vote. And he never, he didn't do anything. He never did. I mean, I, I never saw him in a debate. Was no, he, he, he was never doing anything. No. And he got 10%. And, and I think a lot of his vote would have come, uh, to me had he not been in there. Yeah. His being in there was odd. I mean, he filed early and I don't think he ever, I never saw him say anything or go to an event if he did i didn't see him yeah well there's a there's a committee that he sits on um having to do with the overseeing elections and so i think he he he's uh taken an interest in 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 elections uh through that committee also um i didn't know this at the time but uh, one of my functions is to chair the historical uh commission all right and of course gary's a history professor as lieutenant governor yeah as lieutenant governor okay, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. yes 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 and uh uh 
so I think I think Gary had an interest in in some of the functions that that the lieutenant governor does, but I don't think he had that much interest that he was going to work too hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, so maybe sometimes you know he he had nothing to risk. I mean, he wasn't up for right. his, his Senate seat, so That's the other thing, maybe yeah. something goes crazy and you know it, something crazy happens and it it works out. Yeah. Um, so you've been there. You've been lieutenant governor for over a month now. I guess a month yeah, and a day. Yeah, a month. Yep. Yep. Uh, what's it been now? You're in the executive. What's it What's it been like the last month? Well, you know, it's a it's a it's a different uh, role, obviously, and and different rules. Um, you know, the um, what we're finding is we're having to ho- learn the whole uh, APOC uh, process and ethics process. It's it's different for the legislature versus the executive branch, um, and uh, so that that's been a little bit of adjustment. We're in the process of kind of putting together our team, um, our team down in Juneau, and and then we'll have. Uh, well, uh, Josh Appleby is my chief of staff, so it'll be Josh and I and and a scheduler here in, in Anchorage. And then the three in Juneau will primarily be uh, uh, notary and uh, regulations and um, um, the, the, the seal, uh, the use of the seal. Uh, elections, yeah, that's kind of a whole different uh, ballgame. There's, I think, about 28 total employees in, in elections, so pretty, you, pretty big group. You'll that, be in Juneau for the... Session, uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be in general for the session, and and we did just hire, as you know, the uh, elections director, um, G- Gail Fanumiai, right? Very good, Fanumiai. What, what did yes. she do the last four years? I was trying to ask around. You you know? Or? Um, yeah, she told us. I I think she was working for some uh, nonprofit. Um, there in Juneau, I I, for, I can't tell you which which nonprofit it was now, but uh, she seems to be widely respected by everybody. Yeah, as far as elections. Go. Yeah, Democrats and Republicans, and frankly, that's what you want. You know, you, you you want somebody in there who's who's not partisan, who's gonna you know say here's the results and here's how here's how we got there and that's that. So speaking of elections, uh, while we're on that topic, <clears throat> they just announced a couple hours ago that the Supreme Court ruled against uh, Catherine Dodge's challenge for District One. So that means Bart Lebon he's upheld by one vote. Mm-hmm. So he's he won. Right. That. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So that just goes to show every vote counts right oh absolutely i mean just imagine the one guy who was like i was gonna vote for Catherine, but i was tired yeah or, there and there, there's a story there apparently um uh, bart um met some somebody who who just got out of jail um and uh got talking to him and 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 the guy was actually a a, a democrat and uh, but liked bart because bart spent the time to visit with him was, was he the guy who was registered under the uh pfd registration thing or no wasn't, I, wasn't somebody registered on the address was a question about the address. Yeah, well, I, I think that was one of them that was in question, but um, uh, I, I, th- I think that yeah that that got resolved. But but this guy was actually a Democrat who um, and and I think his ballot was challenged because he had vote voted uh, Democrat all the way through except for Bart. He voted, who of course was a Republican. Um, and so then there were some questions to whether or not he should have voted uh, because you know he he had been in prison. But uh, no, it's uh, so it just goes to show every vote it counts. Uh, I remember talking with Carl Moses. Uh, you know if you if you recall that he had the Bryce Edgman the, the tie. Him and right? Bryce as Edgman, yeah, it was a tie. And I, I and of course he lost the uh, flip flip of the coin, which I was worried that you know I would have to do that if this ended up a tie. I was really hoping. It was going to be a tie, but I was personally advocating because the, the <laughs> statute says game of lot. Yeah. So game of chance. I was hoping for three rounds of dice throwing with like a, a camera, put it on the big screen, sure. do a commentary, play by play, maybe get some charities involved. That's what I was kind of personally advocating <laughs> for, but it, was, it wasn't catching much steam. Uh, yeah. Um, 
it sounds like it's legalized gambling, which we don't do. Well, I mean, we can just make some make just some have exceptions, fun. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a uh, there's there's stuff here with like isn't there? Uh, you can get a license to do a lottery or yeah, yeah. You can you can yeah, and it it goes to charity or whatever the the case may be. We have which, the, the bingo here, everybody. Bingo's, yeah, pretty, and pull tabs. Yeah, it's pretty big business. You know, you go to those bingo. I've driven by them and I've played a few times with friends, and they give away like five, ten thousand dollars a night. Yeah, each one of those places. I mean, it's not like small money. Yeah, they're uh, they're doing pretty well, I think. Well, you know, a lot, a lot of the nonprofits are, uh, depend on that money yeah. as well. I, I know, like some of the baseball teams, the uh, mm-hmm. Anchorage Bucks, for for example, get quite a bit from the from the Tudor Bingo. Maybe I should open a bingo hall. That's my, my next business venture. <laughs> you should. Yeah. You should. You'd be good at that. We could have you pull the numbers out one night for us. One, one night a month. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> well, a politician, political night. So anyway, going back to Representative Moses, who lost on the coin toss, I, I called him up the next day and I said, hey, sorry to hear that you lost. And, you know, and he goes, well, you know, it's 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 kind of my own fault. My my own kids didn't vote for me. So there you go. Yeah, you know, I, I, well, I've run a couple times and I've always said, I'd rather lose by a lot yeah. than by a few votes yep. because that would just drive me so crazy yep. knowing that you didn't knock on doors one day or someone didn't vote for you. Um, okay, so we're coming up to the session starts in a few weeks yes. and you're in a very unique place right now because um, I'm not sure I know the specifics exactly, but you, the lieutenant governor swears people in mm-hmm. and then you oversee in the House um, the beginning of, of the kind of... Um, starting of the legislature until they elect a speaker. Correct. But right now there's no clear speaker because of the issues with the, the split in 2020 and all that. Um, so what's kind of what's your role? And this has happened before in the past a couple of times, many, many years ago, correct? Correct. Yes. Yes. Um, a, again, uh, um, Josh Appleby had, has done the research uh, for me on this. Um, apparently in 1963, um, they kept voting on, on uh, well, first you have to have a pro tem, um, speaker, and then that person gets up there and accepts nominations for speaker. And usually, it's all worked out ahead of time, and it's, it's just kind of formality. Yeah, formality. So, so yeah. you, you, Lieutenant Governor, <clears throat> normally you you would um, oversee the selection of the pro tem. Yes, yes, and 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 uh, and then they would. I would to... I would swear them in, and then um, we'd have motions for the for the pro tem speaker to come up. Again, usually it's unanimous vote. Um, if that's a if that's a a twenty twenty split vote on on the pro tem speaker, then um, then I stay up there. So you're, you're you're going back you're going back to the house. <laughs> you're, you're going back to where it all started. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. So it's possible. So what happens if they can't choose a, a pro pro tem? I mean, how long did, is this like a daily thing, or how does this work? Yeah, it's a. Uh, um, Again, you, you really can't do any business because um, I, I'm not a voting member. Um, so we could do the Pledge of Allegiance. We could do a prayer, uh, introduction of guests, um, and that that's about it. That's about it. I mean, and, and then of course take nominations for for um, either a, a speaker pro tem or or just just skip that part and go right for a speaker, which apparently um, they did in 1963 because they they couldn't get. Um, a, a agreement on pro tem, so they went right to the speaker. Even then, it was still 2020. Um, and then I think uh, they they worked it out amongst themselves, both the Democrats and Republicans, on um, doing a secret ballot. And, so, they, and then a secret ballot, somebody finally broke loose. Is the pro tem, is that, um, when you elect a pro tem, is that until they, does that person stay there until they elect a speaker? Or is it right. like a daily, can you elect a new pro tem? No, the pro tem could act, can actually run the, the meetings. If if the pro tem is up there and he takes nominations for speaker, um, and and it, 
uh, they can't agree, you can't get 21 for a speaker, then, then he or she could stay up there and they could actually conduct business because he or she is a, a voting member. So there's been some talk, and, and I don't think this is the case, but there's been some talk that if they can't get to a clear you know, majority on a speaker, then you can kind of take over and run, run, the, run the house. Well, I, I can't really run it. I mean, I can, I can uh, um, f- facilitate basically um, uh, taking motions to, to try to get uh, a speaker so they can run the house. Because, yeah, I, I, have, I really have no, again, I, I can't vote. So I, I don't have much authority other than just decorum over the body to, um, to again, kind of get whatever we can do, which, which uh, you know, we could even take messages from the other body and from the governor. Um, but we wouldn't be able to assign it to any committee because there is no committees yet. Okay, yeah, right. It's interesting because it's kind of like the vice president oversees the Senate. Mm-hmm. Vice president's the president of the Senate. Um, his foot's kind of in the executive and the legislative. Yep. You're kind of the same. You're, you're in the executive, but you're kind of, you, you dabble a little bit in the in the legislative. Yeah, it's different, though. The vice president gets to vote. Right, yeah. You, if you're, it's you're, a, you're, you're, tie. you're not a tiebreaker. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't get to vote. Um, you know, it's it's interesting too. Every state's a little bit different. Um, some people have a, a secretary of state and a lieutenant governor in Alaska, and I think uh, Hawaii and Utah um, are the only states where where we actually combine that function. And the secretary of state then is uh, basically in charge of elections, and the lieutenant governor then is is um, sometimes even is acts as uh, uh, the the Senate president and and runs the the Senate. If not. Um, certainly is able to break a tie in the Senate. So do you, what do you anticipate? Because, I mean, I know you can't predict the future, but it seems to me right now it's pretty locked down as far as 2020. Yeah, well, as you mentioned, you or know. I guess 1920 and one, because Knopf's kind of in his own little right. thing. Yeah, and well, fortunately, um, maybe things will, will break now with with the, um, uh, uh, you know, knowing for sure the, the House District 1 seat is, is gone Republican. But you're right, it's still split with with, um, with uh, Knopp and, and then uh, even I think David Eastman is kind of... Well, that's kind of what Knopp referenced was with 21, anybody has a veto. And in Eastman's case where he's voted, you know, the lone vote on 50 plus votes um, last session, I think a lot of people are concerned about him having the ability to veto any any kind of uh, vote in the in the house, and you look at the current makeup of the House Democrats. You know, they majority. There were so many votes where they had. Yep. At the end of it, it was real. You know, Keto was asking for money for the ferry, and um, I think you need to probably. I don't know, twenty four, twenty five seems to be a pretty good number. Of, that, that's a better number. Um, you know, and, and I think. And I haven't done uh, the the math, but I think if all the Republicans stayed together, you would probably have twenty three or twenty four. You know, if you count Louise Stutes and and um, Gabrielle Gabriel Ledoux, yeah. So you were in the House and the Senate, and you were <clears throat> Senate President, and you were never Speaker, but you were co-chair of Finance, right? Mm-hmm. So you've been in both bodies with organizations, right? I mean, what what's going like? It's just what happened. Have you been have you been in a situation where it's been this close, or have you guys always had kind of a clear majority? Well, in the House, it was never close when I was there. Uh, when I was first elected to the Senate, it was it was ten 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 Republicans, ten Democrats, and then that's when we formed the uh, bipartisan coalition that we had in the Senate, and, and I was I was part of that for for four years. Mm-hmm. Was that um, formed quickly, or did that take a while? Uh, it took a while. It took a while. I but, mean, but we we certainly were were had it figured out by the middle of December, you know, so, so then again, you can start assigning committee chairman and, and, uh, 
knowing who gets what staff, who gets what office, you know, all that, all that takes, takes time. And, um, so even if the house gets their act together here shortly, it, it's, it's, um, it's still going to take time to, to, for them to hire staff now. Yeah. So the thing I've been hearing, the, the two big things people have been concerned about is hiring staff, knowing who, knowing who's going to, how many staff people are going to have, and then figuring out where people are going to be their offices. Right. And, uh, cause the, the rules chair decides all that, right? That's correct. That's correct. Um, but were, a lot of were, times it's based on your committee assignments, uh, and committee chairmanship. You were a Senate rules chair, so yes, kinda, yes. You're the guy who has to maybe take somebody's office away or move somebody. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that happens sometimes. <laughs> so, 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 what's a bit? There's a joke there, you know. There is so, a joke there. So, um, what's uh, what's it been like so far? I mean, have you? Is it like a fire, drinking out of a fire hose, or do you kind of know? You've been in legislature for a long time, so you probably are familiar with a lot of the responsibilities already well you know the the lieutenant governor though is is uh less policy and more administrative so that that has been a a bit of a change uh for me um however um i think that the uh the governor has indicated uh to me and to his uh legislative director that he wants uh me to 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 help promote his agenda with the legislature again as you mentioned with 18 years experience you know i I know those folks i kind of know the committee i do know the committee process i I know the pressures and demands that they're they're under uh, from their home districts so i i think um i think that was smart on the governor's part to to ask me to to help um promote his his agenda along with uh, suzanne cunningham who is his legislative director it's interesting his legislative director Suzanne Cunningham worked for you for many, many years, right? That's right. So, yep. so you have a connection, and uh, I could see that being a natural fit for help yeah. you helping out with legislative stuff. Yeah, yeah. She, she's, um, I think I overheard, she's pretty close to offices with you, right, in Anchorage? Uh, yeah, we're, we're not too far apart. Because they're kind of back back, uh, back together again, right? Yeah, <laughs> she, she was in, She was in D.C. for a year. She, that's right, yeah. She went back and worked... Uh, um, well, I don't know if it was directly for Lisa Murkowski, but she worked for the resource committee, which right. Lisa was chairman of. So what, um, what do you, do you, do you, Lieutenant Governor always has the same office or does it change? Cause I know Meade uh, was in his office once. It was kind of a nice corner. Do, do you have that one? I do. Yeah, wow. I do. I do. That's uh, yeah. a lot better than the legislature, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a nice office. Uh, no, no doubt. Um, and of course we're on the third floor of, of the Capitol. And, um, I, I know when we were in the legislature, we always wanted to, move the third floor off so we could have it but um i'm hoping the legislature won't want to do that because <laughs> it, it is nice to have the executive branch all on one floor and and, and in the capitol of course the governor's on one side and the lieutenant governor's over on the other side um you know and again our office space we we don't require as much as as the governor so um so how many staff i know the governor has a lot of staff how many how many you have you were mentioning earlier you yeah have like- I'll, it's, I'll have uh well, there'll be three in Juneau and then um, actually just one uh, here in Anchorage, if you don't include myself and my chief of staff. Uh, if you include us, then I guess it's three and three, three in Anchorage, three in Juneau. Because I'll be, uh, as, as well as Josh, kind of going back and forth, uh, although during session we'll be in Juneau uh, most of the time. And then, as I mentioned, in elections, we have uh, almost 28 people, uh, four supervisors, regional supervisors, um, Fairbanks, uh, Nome, Juneau, and Anchorage. So you'll you'll be involved. Speaking of elections, you'll be somewhat involved in the um, redistricting. Yeah, coming up, they're going to have the commi- the board. They're going to choose, and then the redistricting map will be drawn for the twenty twenty two elections, right? Correct. Yeah. So they'll start they'll start 
when do they put when do they put the board together? Pretty soon. Uh, yeah. Well, I think the governor will uh, will make uh, his selection as well as the speaker and the, and the Senate president and the judiciary branch. I believe it's going to be. Um, uh, I think it's the first part of 2020 that that those folks are selected, and then they go to work. Uh, you know, pretty much the whole year, and then so that as you mentioned, by 2022 that the new districts are formed. and that could have a big you know big impact because before the last redistricting you were my senator yeah yeah and then i got redistricted <laughs> in the Liesel's district right uh, senator mcguire right. at the time so that really changed um anchorage quite a bit yeah and it's confusing to folks you know when they vote uh for somebody one time and they go hey where where is this person you know yeah so many folks don't pay attention to this you know like people like us we follow it closely but a lot of people just you know, they go to work and then they go vote when one year the districts change and they go, who, <laughs> yep. who are these people? Yep. Um, you know, the, and again, speaking of elections, um, there's there's been a lot of um, talk about um, going to an all mail-in ballot system like Anchorage did. Um, and yeah, it, I've, heard, I've heard that, but then I, I've heard a lot of people think for the rural areas that would be right. real challenging. Right. In fact, um, and, and again, um, let me put a shout out for in for uh, Josie. Um, you know, because um, the old director, uh, Binky? The old, yeah, Binky, yes. Uh, be, because as, as you mentioned, um, the, the results of District One uh, did uphold uh, both both uh, layers of, of the of the court system, um, and and she in, indicated that as well. That uh, this committee that I mentioned that Gary Senator Stevens is on, um, that they recommended a hybrid system too for especially for rural Alaska. Um, it just sometimes the mail's not dependable i know one concern has been in general with the machines these old diebold machines mm-hmm. are really old they're 20 or something years old and there's been talk about getting them replaced but what's the cost of that yeah they those were purchased under uh fran ulmer when she was lieutenant governor Jeez. back in the 90s so wow. <laughs> yeah it, it it's time for them to go and, and they still work i mean most there's once in a while a glitch but they fix they fix them i think overall they still yeah, we had a little problem work. in Sitka uh, with with the machines, but yeah, you're right. It it got fixed, and and the election was still held and held correctly. Um, but no, uh, we there there is some uh, federal money already uh, obtained to 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 we think will cover the expense of the new equipment. So it's just now a matter of. Um, we can just say that they were damaged in the earthquake, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> machines got damaged in the earthquake. We got to we got to get new ones. Yeah, it's worth a try. Um, so I guess it's coming up on the legislative. If we, we talk for a second about, you know, I I would guess the issues are going to be budget, permanent fund, um, dividend, and probably crime. Right. I kind of those would be the big ones. There'll be other things, but. What do you? Um... Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think I think the budget and and uh, you know how do we deal with that 1.6 billion dollar deficit? Um, I, and I think I think the governor uh, rightly so uh, adjusted the oil price downward so that you know it, it's more of a true uh, it's, reflection. And it's even gone. He went down to 64 from 75. Now it's down below 55. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I, it's big impact if it goes down much below 50 we yeah. could have a much bigger deficit it, it's up today i mean and so as long as over the years time it averages above um 64 well we, sh- we should be okay um you know of course president trump has been great for alaska but um you know he uh he keeps saying that he wants to keep oil prices I know, down I see, <laughs> I, I, I see that and i'm i get so mad <laughs> yeah it's like no not, not alaska needs that we're gonna get know. those oil prices down real low you know yeah yeah that. yeah tweets and, it yeah well you know we we do need to diversify our economy so we're not so dependent on one commodity and that commodity's price um so 
Um, well, you know, I mean, we in a lot of ways diversified the revenue quite a bit with SB twenty six. You know, you get the mm-hmm. the the five and a quarter percent from the the permanent fund, which spits off, I think, about three billion dollars. I mean, we, we probably disagree, and I'm sure. Mike Dunleavy, Governor Dunleavy disagrees, but I think the solution is pretty easy. You just cut the dividend away and you use the money from the permanent fund plus oil revenues, and that pays for the government. And there's no taxes. And But I know that's not a viable. I mean, everybody wants a dividend. Right. But it just seems like uh, pretty soon we're going to have to do something. You know, the money, the bi- I think we have a couple billion dollars left in the savings account. Yep. Yep. Um, it's going to be well, challenging for sure. You know, Senate Bill Twenty Six was was we we debated that long and hard. Um, um, you know, is it fair to the lower income? Pro- probably not. And so that's that's that that's the argument against that. Mm-hmm. And and the rural Alaska in particular, you know, um, wants the full dividend. Uh, so um, and, and yeah, and then there's others that just say, hey, that's that's our. Um, our share of the oil, which belongs to all of Alaskans. So, you know, you can, you can debate this for hours and days. Um, But um, I I think what governor Dunleavy wants to do is, is, is make sure that our budget is as lean as possible and that our government is operating as efficiently as as possible before we, you know, uh, reach out to folks on, on any new revenue means, whether it's, whether it's a tax, uh, you're right. I don't, I think the PFD is pretty much off the table for him, but um, and, and so are taxes, but I, I think that once we have the general public convinced that we've uh, got government where it should be, then then I think we can have that discussion on a, on new revenue. So now with um, Mike Dunley being the governor, uh, in the past there was the issue with Walker had proposed you know income taxes and sales taxes and different taxes, and the legis- the Senate specifically the Senate kind of said no. Um, it's depending on what happens in the House that could flip a little bit where you could have. You know, Governor Dunleavy proposing different things, and the House, um, depending on where they are in the Senate, could be, you know, arguing the other direction instead of what Walker was proposing. I mean, do you see that being potentially difficult interaction, or do you think it's going to, you know, depending on what happens in the House, go maybe go a little better than the last four years? Well, the good news is we can't shut down government like they're doing at the federal level. Um, oh, we we can't. <laughs> Uh, well, the legislature can, right? Without if they don't pass a budget. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess. In fact, we came pretty close to that a couple of years. Um, um, you know, yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, basically, what we were going to do is just fund the essential services and, and then shut down the the rest. So, but we're not going to get to that. Um, um, I think everybody pretty much doesn't like that. You know, it's, yeah, it's such yeah, an unpopular yeah, thing. Yeah. No, I think that uh, I. Um, you could have some stalemate there, depending on what happens in the House. Um, um, I think for the most part, the Senate uh, is going to be fairly aligned with the governor. There'll be some things that they disagree with. As you know, the the uh, uh, the Senate passed uh, SB 26, Senate passed Senate Bill 91, as far as that goes. And, and I think uh, certainly, though, Senate Bill 91, um, just about everybody I've talked, well, not everybody, but majority of the people do want that repealed and um you know, you could say, well, there's some good parts of SB 91. Mm-hmm. Why don't we, why don't we just um, get rid of the bad parts? But it's been, it's got such a bad name. And um, now that I, I think you just have to totally repeal it and start over. Yeah, there was a joke about next time 91 comes up, they're going to skip it. <laughs> Go to 90 to 92. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when the bills, because they're, they're chronological, right? When they introduce bills. Yep. In the, in the legislature. Yep. So, um, so the governor does have one big tool. They have, he has the veto pen, right? So yes. that, that might be a big change as far as the 
position on the budget. I mean, depending what the legislature does, the governor can line item veto, right? Where yes. other states doesn't, they don't. The governor doesn't have that kind of that's ability. The, that's that's correct. Now you 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 can override the governor's veto, but it's it's a high hurdle. It's, is it two thirds or three? Uh, on a uh, on a budget item, um, it's uh, three quarters. So, oh, so it's forty five out of sixty. So that's probably doesn't happen very often, does it? Um, I think I've seen it once in in the eighteen years I was there um, uh, when Sarah Palin was governor. Uh, she vetoed something that was, in our opinion, we just it was she she did it more out of principle than out of uh, what was best for the state of Alaska. And so mm-hmm. we, we were able to get the votes to override that one. But that was, and I guess it happened back in the nineties um, when Tony Knowles was governor and he was vetoing things. Uh, so, but, but very, very, very rare. rare. Yeah, very rare. Yes. Yeah. So it's about what two weeks, less than two weeks away. You're going to Juneau, huh? Yes, actually, um, uh, we're heading down next week. Do you have a house like the governor, or do you have to get your own place? How does uh, that work? Well, you know, I've, I've been staying at the Baranoff Hotel for the last I don't know how many years, five or six. You ever stayed there? I've stayed there before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very, I heard a story once. Uh, I'm not sure about maybe the '90s or somebody told me they used to. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe this was more recent. They used to pull the fire alarm, and they'd they'd have people on each floor and see who's coming out see of whose room. Yeah, <laughs> I heard that story too. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yeah, I don't think they uh, uh, the the fire alarm still goes off um, a, a, a lot, and, and and unfortunately, people don't even bother leaving anymore. Um, it's like the boy who cried cried wolf. You know? Yeah, you know, again again a funny story. Um, uh, Senator Dunleavy and I were on the same floor, second floor of the of the Baranoff, and the fire alarm went off, and it was it was like seven thirty in the morning. I was already headed to work, and and Mike, you know, uh, Dunleavy comes out in the hall in his in his um, t shirt and pajamas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so fun. only and, in Alaska. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he, and he goes, "Is there a fire?" I don't know. I went, don't worry about it. I, I said, "I tell you what, I'm leaving now. If I see any." Uh, flames shooting out the windows. I'll give you a call. So I, I go out, go go down the stairs. I was only on the second floor, and sure enough, there was uh, smoke coming out of the sixth floor. Oh jeez! And I forgot to call him. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, I had this, I had this visualization. You know, when I thought about it an hour later, you know, here's these two firemen carrying this six foot seven <laughs> guy out in his in his uh in his t-shirt and pajamas and yeah. See if that happened if that happened nowadays, they think you're trying to become governor. You know? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. You got to be careful. Um, so to answer your question, uh, the city of Juneau did purchase a. Um, a house down down in in Juneau for the lieutenant governor. And this this was a couple of years ago. Is that the one that um, the John Lindemuth and Austin Baird and a bunch of people yes. were living in? Yes. Yeah, I heard about that. It's yes. like a, a pretty big pretty big house, right? Yes. They they purchased that. The city of Juneau purchased that um, for the lieutenant governor. And of course, uh, Lieutenant Governor Malott already had a house in Juneau, so he didn't want it. Um, so the governor said, "Okay, I'm I'm going to use it uh, for my visiting commissioners." Um, but my my wife and I. Um, she's going. She's coming down there. I don't know how how much she's going to stay. Uh, you know, we plan on living there. So, um, so yes, I have a house. You're taking the house. I'm taking the house. We should do a podcast from the house. We could. I'll come out. We to, could. I'm coming down for the swearing in. Okay. So I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna see how crazy it gets in the house. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to. Yeah. It's, it's been what twenty. I guess eighty one was the last time this kind of thing happened, right? So. Yeah. Well, eighty one was the last time. So that's yes. over thirty years. There's yeah, it's always yeah. always been. Yeah, we could Decided. be making, we could be making history, um, but anyway, the house is, is open in the uh, on the ground floor, 
and uh, a lot of agencies use it now for retreats, goal setting, uh, brainstorming, whatever. And so uh, we're we're letting people schedule the ground floor for uh, if a, if a legislature wants to have a retreat um, or if they want to do some training there, they they can. And how about and, if I wanted to throw like a like call it a quote unquote get together? <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> I don't think a, you, I don't think you can schedule it for that. A little uh, bit of a party. You know? <laughs> What's going on at that house? It's yeah, so loud. Yeah, no, I, I don't I don't I don't think you could do that. So um, so I'll I'll be living upstairs. And uh, the ground floor then will be available for um, people to use. So the Baranoff's losing losing their their longtime guests. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and uh, and uh, well, and Dunleavy too, because he stayed there. He has uh, the ma- the mansion, right? The governor's mansion. Uh-huh. I, th- I think they like to refer to it as governor's house. Governor. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for coming. I mean, uh, we've covered a lot, and um, I'm uh, I'm glad you did the podcast again. You've been yeah, you've been one of my. You. So far, one of my few, rep- I think I've done, I think you might be one of my first repeat podcast, and I think somebody else might have done two with me. So you're uh, you're up, th- I think you're going to be a very popular one. I can see the l- analytics of who listens, and I think okay. a lot of folks are going to okay. be. Well, interested. I hope so. I hope so. I, I enjoy doing these. Thank you for um, asking. I think next time we should try to do it in the Lieutenant Governor house. <laughs> uh, well, maybe. We'll see. I could see uh, somebody being like, who let him in here? Yeah, <laughs> How yeah. How did he get in? Yeah, yeah. That that might be a little tough. Um well, and and I'm still trying to figure out what what the rules are as far as the house who gets to use it or not. Right now, it's just uh, pretty much just um, it, it, the state owns it, of course. So state employees have um, free access to it. Um, I don't know about uh, podcasts and bloggers. We'll have to uh, have to figure. I, maybe I, I'll get a press credential at some point in my life, and then yeah, I can. yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, one more question. So you're now you're lieutenant governor. You know all these people in the legislature. Of course, because you were in there for so long. Are you talk like a lot of people calling you, and like are you still in touch with the legislature legislators, or are you kind of doing your? Yeah, no. Uh, uh, the the governor and myself have been meeting with the uh, legislators uh, for the past couple of weeks, and, and um, yeah, know, I've seen those pictures they've been posting of the different legislators. Um, governor Dunleavy has been meeting with. Yeah, and there's sixty, so um, it, it takes a while to get through all of them. But I I think we're pretty pretty close to having reached most of them. Uh, probably 90%, 95% done. Well, I want to thank you for coming in, and uh, it's been great, and I look forward to seeing you. I'll be in Juneau for the swearing-in, so. Good, we'll see you there, I, Jeff. I, I imagine it going really nice until everybody's sworn in in the house, and it's going to maybe get a little bit a little bit high energy. Yeah, hopefully they'll have things worked out, um, you know, prior to the swearing-in, so that that way when I swear them in, I have somebody to give the gavel to. <laughs> you can just get the hell out of there. Yeah, and, you know, normally they want, to get the executive branch off the floor as quickly as possible, so um, so I'm, I'm still optimistic that they'll 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 get it figured out. Well, again, uh, Lieutenant Governor Meyer, thanks for coming on here, yeah. and we'll see you there in June in a few weeks. Landline.